Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast, where we discuss contemporary topics of leadership, teams, and organizational effectiveness. I'm Bill Berthel. And I'm Ralph Simone. Hey, Ralph. So today we want to talk a little bit about um, what we're hearing from a lot of leaders, a lot of our clients, this difficulty in finding people that either want to work or there aren't people out there. Well, you know, it's interesting when I had a lot of energy. Now, let's at least say yes, as a record number of people have quit their jobs. Yes. Many sectors of the economy are struggling to fill vacancies. That is Absolutely. true. Yes, but yes. we feel that the reason they're having trouble is because they're not changing the way they're looking to fill those positions and they are not changing the positions that they are filling. Mm. So you're suggesting that there is a way to find these people, that there are people out there that want to work. We just need to switch it up a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Yeah. And I think the first, we've got to stop talking ourselves out of the fact, you know, that nobody wants to work. They mm -hmm. may want to work differently. And the way in which we find them and not just find them, retain them will require us as leaders to think and act differently. I think this is an opportunity to think again, because this projection becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then we convince ourselves that we can't get it done. I love that. You know, it, it reminds me, so a, a past career as an HR director, I had recruitment reporting to me. And you know, this was the time when newspaper ads and ads in the classifieds weren't catching people's attention anymore. They were all of a sudden this new thing called social media, right? And we, and we wanted to resist going to that new space because we didn't know much about it. And so we'd throw classified ads out in the paper and gosh, less and less people were answering those ads. We had to change it up. We had to do something yeah. different. And we have done that. We Organizations have. over time have made the shift. This is just another time to make another shift. And, you know, we both kind of enjoyed uh, one of the recent Harvard Business Review articles, which talks about designing work that people love. And it's time to design and redesign the work that people love so that we can attract and retain people. I, I actually... I have two clients that are hardware space and logistics space. Okay. They have no trouble filling spots. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to me. I said, where do you get your, some of your best people? You know, waiters and bartenders. Yes. Wait, and, and, and I say, so what do you do? They go, we, we go out to eat a lot. We go, down, we go out to drink a fair amount. And when we are engaged by somebody who shows a lot of energy and a lot of quick-wittedness and a lot of passion, we line them up for an interview. So, oh, I mean, brilliant. I, I was like, you're not going to get those people in a classified ad. And no, I, no. I'm just fascinated by that. These are two organizations that have no trouble filling spots. So it's really looking at the workforce differently, really looking at, uh, you know, how do we find people differently? How do we make those introductions to our organization, ourselves and the work? And how do we make sure that the work is so compelling that people are falling in love? We can use that word here, right? Love. Yes. People are falling in love with the work. Well, so if we don't make those changes, we're going to erode trust and engagement. And what we know about a lot of the most recent surveys is that trust and engagement are at all time lows. And so why would people, if we are still trying to get people the way we've always got them, why would they be 
trusting us or why would they be any more engaged? So it's really incumbent upon the leadership to change the systems, the processes, the ways in which we recruit and retain people. Yeah, and it's not just trust and engagement, but people are less and less resilient as well. And, and when you love your work, it creates an energy that creates more resiliency. You know, the numbers keep hovering around the 80-20 rule, right? It's something like 18% of the workers are not engaged. It's close to that. It's something like 15, 17% are not resilient. Yeah. Uh, 14% of the workforce says that they trust their senior leadership and teams. 14% say they trust. That's an awfully low number. Yeah. So let's keep doing what we've been doing. All right. That, right. And so I think well, the three questions, and, and I, I, there were three questions in this article, but I think they're the three questions that I ask myself often. You know, was I excited to work every day last week? You know, when you start to ask people, I love to go into these companies that are rated as the top 100, you know, best places to work. Mm -hmm. yeah. I start asking people, what do you really like about this? And if they're stumped, then I say, okay, I got to get a couple more data points. Maybe that's just marketing, you know, a spin. Mm. But was I excited to work every day? Did I have, and I think this next one is really important. Did I have a chance to use my strengths each and every day? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think we love about our work is we do have that opportunity. Mm. And at work, do I get a chance to do what I'm good at and something I love? So that's the third question. And, you know, I'm a baby boomer. I'm an old guy. You know, I, I mean, this discussion I wouldn't have been having 10, 20, 30 years ago. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Love it. Just do it. Right. The end sure. of the day, I'm happy if we've made money. Well, it's more than that for the new workforce. And we must redesign for love, for the content of the work itself. So if I'm doing too much of the, uh, you know, administrative stuff, when that's not what I love to do. I may uh, be less engaged. I may be less engaged. Yeah, but this is starting to sound just like a warm and fuzzy love fest. That's not the purpose. This it, is about performance in organizations. This is about finding and retaining people that are going to drive performance in your organization. Yeah, and in, in order to do that, I think something that we believe, but is supported by this HBR article, is there's three principles. The people are the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the people are the point. We know this based on our work in leadership agility. One size fits one. I love that. <laughs> I love that idea. One size fits one. And in trust, we grow. And how can I trust anybody that's no longer relevant? See, I think this is the biggest challenge. This is the question my kids challenge me about because they think I'm, you know, they refer to me as the AARP guy. And, <laughs> and that, you know, Dad, how are you going to remain relevant? I'm going to be remain relevant because I'm going to keep changing. I'm going to keep challenging my thought process. And I'm going to keep challenging the way in which we recruit and retain people for our practice. I love it. I love it. So what would we tell leaders today, what they could try to change, what they experiment to change it up, do something different, to attract those folks that are out there? Well, I think the first thing, we got to be recruiting human beings, not workers. Yeah. And we've got to be in touch with the changing needs. And we really got to understand what they love and you know how they want to work. I think that's one thing. Yeah, there's the other thing. And I, I've been part of this in many large organizations I work with. You got to discard the rituals that erode trust. Mm. You know, and so the, the way in which we treat some groups versus other groups, even though we need to meet people where they're at, but we've got to 
put those to an end. And we have to pay attention. I think we teach people how to be present. If you're paying attention, if you're asking the right questions, if you're learning, you're going to evolve your thinking and subsequently the systems and the processes that you use to attract the talent that's aligned with your values and mission. And one of the pieces that stuck out in that same HBR article to me was this commitment to lifelong learning, right? To uh, one way of staying relevant, as you shared, is to continue to change what's about growing and developing and learning. They call it a love plus work organization invests in that ongoing education of every single employee. A lot of overlap there from the first break all the rules book that Gallup did several years ago, where that investment in the individual for retention is so important. Continued learning and education. I think, you know, just speaking for us, I think the one thing that's key to our organization, and I think we look for this, is if someone is not a lifelong learner, they're probably not going to be a good fit. But I would argue that if you're not a lifelong learner, you might not be a good fit in any organization. And I think what we're really doing is we're holding the mirror up to leaders that are saying they can't find people and saying, all right, what are you learning about this experience? And if you are committed to lifelong learning, you are open to thinking again. You are open to experimenting with different ways and failing and learning fast. But we can't talk ourselves into there are no people. People don't want to work anymore. That just becomes a way of describing insanity. Let's do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. We're not going to get them. And I think this is a fun time to be an employer if you are willing to really turn things on its ear. I was talking to a leader just yesterday, one of our larger clients who I think really gets it. And the way he shared it with me, it really kind of turned a light bulb on for me. He said, individualism is present, whether we like it or not. And it may be an effect of the pandemic that Folks are really focusing on what they love to do, what they enjoy, what they want and need, you know, in work and family. I think this comes out. He suggested we need to speak to every individual while we're recruiting. It's no longer speaking to a, a, a pool of possible candidates. It's we need to speak to each individual. I, I love the way he framed that. Very powerful. I actually think many of the clients we work with do get it, are adjusting are experimenting with different ways. I think some of them have to pick up the pace because, right, one size fits one. And it's this nimbleness, it's this agility, it's this, you know, and we really need to avoid, you know, this is a polarity to be managed, right? If we're in a larger organization, there's an autonomy that we need if we're going to attract the future worker. Absolutely. To work they love. And there is some standardization and integration, but we've got to look at not going too far one way or the other. And I, and I think, you know, we've got to begin to avoid using too many tools that standardize and that treat the one as the many, because we miss the opportunity to help connect them with something they really love doing. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, the focus on teams, right? A great way to avoid standardization in our organizations. Well, we'll absolutely celebrate the individual, uh, most people really do want to do something bigger than themselves. And that just screams team, doesn't it? Right. So we can focus on teams, setting those clear goals. People do want to be attached to a, a mission that they can also love, but not losing that individual in those teams. Yeah. 
one thing I'd like to challenge us to do and, and the people that we work with and for is to do something radically different in the next two to four weeks around how you actually either recruit or retain people. Radically different. And pay attention to what impact it has. Use some of these tips that we've talked about. But this is clearly an opportunity to think again, because what worked in the past will no longer continue. Was the book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There? Yes, yes. Uh, You know, we've got, we're constantly evolving and we know this. We know this, but let's not be late to the game because I think many employers are already late to the game when they say there are no workers out there. I love that call to action. What are you going to try different? What are you going to experiment with out there? And I might add to it. Why don't you let us know? Why don't you reach out to us here at Emergent? We want to learn from you. We want to hear about your new experiments and your new successes. Reach out to us and let us know what you're doing. I'm laughing because I think I'm going to look for our next partner in a bar or restaurant. There you go. I think that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to pay attention to the interactions and this young man or young lady would be a great fit in our business. So that's my commitment, Bill. Love it. Make sure to check in for upcoming podcasts right here at Get Emergent every other week.